0: And welcome to Devotions on the Psalms, Israel's Songbook, a podcast by Christ Lutheran Church in Brea, California. Hello, friends. A very good Wednesday to you. Pastor Pat here with our Wednesday Psalm devotion. And today it's my blessing to share with you a devotion on Psalm 89, a psalm that starts out one way but kind of takes a left turn about two thirds of the way through. Well, We'll get to that. You'll see that left turn and where it ends up in the next few minutes. Let's, as we always do, open with a word of prayer before we get started. Father God, we thank you for your word, the light that it is for the path of our lives, the absolute truth that it provides us. And Lord, as we study the words of your psalmist, direct our hearts to your steadfast love, the incredible forgiveness that we have through your precious Son and his sacrifice for us. Lead us through this psalm to the truth of the gospel, that you're a God who keeps his promises and that your love is unchanging. Bless our time together now by the power of your Holy Spirit. Open our hearts and minds to your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, today's psalm, Psalm 89, is a masculine, And if you remember from our previous psalms, um, a mass guild was perhaps a literary or a liturgical term. We really don't know. It could involve the type of occasion for which this psalm would be used, or even the musical setting that it might be sung to. It is a psalm by Ethan or Etan, the Ezraite, and it is a psalm of lament, a community lament as have been many of the psalms in this particular section of our psalm devotions, have been laments, either individual or community laments. This is a community lament, but it doesn't start out that way. It starts out as a psalm of praise and thanksgiving. The psalmist writes, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. And that's what the first section of this psalm is all about. God's steadfast love and his faithfulness. Verses one through four speak about this in great detail. And then verses 5 through 18, the psalmist leads us through the many wonders of God, the wondrous deeds that God has done. Jumping ahead to verse 11, the heavens are yours. The earth is also yours, the world and all that is in it. You have founded them. And then continuing to verse 13, you have a mighty arm, strong is your hand, high is your right hand, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Really amazing words of praise, stating God's wonders, the wondrous nature of all that he is and all that he does. And then the next few verses, verses 19 through 37, Speak of God's promises to David, and God made many, many promises to David in regards to his faithfulness and crushing his foes before him and striking down those who would hate him. In verse 28, the psalmist writes, my steadfast love I will keep for him for David forever. And my covenant will stand firm for him. I will establish his offspring forever and his throne as the days of the heavens. Now we get to the key part of this psalm. And I think we find it in verses 30 through 37. I think this is the entire key to unlocking this psalm. And this actually precedes the lament, if you will. Listen to these verses beginning in verse 30. If his children forsake my law and do not walk according to my rules, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. But I will not remove from him my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness, I will not violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips. Once for all I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David, his offspring, shall endure forever his throne as long as the sun before me. The promise that God makes to David and David's offspring That he'll always be with them and be for them, and that he will not turn back from his faithfulness. But then we get into the lament. It takes us quite a while, but in verse 38, we get to the lament. The psalmist writes, But now you've cast off and rejected. You're full of wrath against your anointed. You have renounced the covenant with your servant. In verse 46, it goes on, How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? Friends, this is the key, I think. We know that the kings from David's line that immediately followed his reign that they were not faithful, that most of them sinned greatly. They allowed idol worship. They allowed the people to intermarry with with foreigners as they had been forbidden from doing. They worshiped other gods. They permitted the Asherah poles to to remain up in the high places, if you will. Those kings failed the covenant with God. It was not God who did not hold up his end of the bargain. And in many cases, in these community or corporate laments, it shocks me when the psalmists say, God, man, you dropped the ball here. You haven't kept up your end of the bargain. When in reality, the judgment that these people are experiencing is the result of their sin. God tells them, if they violate my statutes, discipline will follow. And God promises he won't break the covenant. God will not be the one that breaks the covenant. It would be those unfaithful kings and those unfaithful people. We learn, we talk about this many times over. Sin breaks relationships. Sin damages relationships. It damages our relationships with one another, and it certainly damages our relationship with God. And that is the state that God's people were at here. They were being punished for their transgressions. But that discipline that God gives his dearly loved children actually reveals his great love for them. It does not reveal that he turns his back on them and goes back on his word. It actually reveals his great love. And when the psalmist writes about this steadfast love of old, which by your faithfulness you swore to David, that comes to fruition in the person and the work of Jesus. We know that Jesus is the Messiah of David's line. We know that Jesus is God's promise God's word made flesh. And so we know, yes, for a time, God disciplined those that he loved and to them it appeared as though he turned his back on them. We have 300 years of silence between the last book of the Old Testament and the advent or the coming of Jesus Christ. And so it's not that God went back on his word. God chastened his children, he disciplined them, he loved them, but in his steadfast love and his great grace and mercy, he came through on his promise. He came through on the promise that the king would be of David's line and that that king would save all of God's people and that through that king, many nations would come to salvation. Well, we know that that king is Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior. And so I just thought you might appreciate and understand maybe a little bit more this idea that God punishes his people, but he still loves them. And God won't ever break his promises. He's never broken a covenant before, and he's never going to break one in the future. He's a God who keeps his promises and we thank him and we praise him for that. We also thank him that through the words of the psalmists that we can learn these things and we can see these things. And although the historical context at the time these words were written is certainly different from ours, it's really not all that different. Know that God dearly loves you, that he's a God who keeps his promises And his biggest promise was kept in the person and work of his son, Jesus. It's been wonderful sharing this devotion with you. I hope it is a blessing to you. I look forward to joining you again next Wednesday. Until then, God's peace be with you. We'll see you soon. Take good care. Thank you for joining us. As a reminder, follow Christ Bray on all social media outlets visit Christsprayer.org.